Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Colton Collective Podcast. Yes, I'm not actually dead, but I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> and joining me a lot closer to death than most of us, it's Mr. Dave AC. Yeah, well, that was that was in poor taste, I think. Poor taste. But then that's what I'm about. Hi, Dave. He, he thinks he didn't, I didn't treat him fairly on Mike's Randathor's quiz. <laughs> I wish we'd <laughs> let Mike give a plug through when, uh, when he comes on air, if you wouldn't mind. It's if he's feeling better. Yes, well, let's get round to introducing who else is joining us on the collective today. Charlie P79 is here. Hello, sir. Yes, I am here. Very much alive as, as well. Excellent, sir. Excellent. Good. Uh, he's dead, but he's in Hawaii. It's Mr. Duraskeptical. Hello, good sir. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. A little sunburn, but... That's how I know I'm alive. <laughs> and experimenting with blasting zombies into space is Perry G. Hey, guys. Yep. Perry G. Oh, yeah, he's we heard probably him. dead. No, we heard him. Oh, he's talking. Oh, I didn't. It's, it's the quiz all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it tunes out superior minds. <laughs> Why can I still hear you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was surprised. Yeah, I, I, I beat can you this week, Ian. <laughs> What's that? I beat you this week. Well, yes, you did. The yes. first time. Well, you should. You work for NASA. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Randall Thor is here. Yep, I'm here, and I'm feeling a lot better. Com- 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 Yay! Friday right. night. Oh man. Yeah, migraines are not, you know, let's just uh, leave that there. But yeah, uh, Dave was the host on this past week's Friday Night Trivia. He, From what I remember, he hosted a rather, he had some rather historical, interesting questions, uh, rounds on history and math. Uh, why did you have to do a math round there, Dave? <laughs> oh, there was a math round? I was sleeping. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> or as Tim points out, math. Yeah. Whichever side of the Atlantic you're on, singular or plural. It's the same thing. 
you're referring to arithmetic. But yeah, um, yeah, that's Radio Free Caitlin Talk Show ID seven two four zero two is Friday night trivia. Friday nights at nice. night. And there we go. Yeah, and I'm going for better right now. It's becoming very, very popular. It is. So get in while it's hot. <laughs> All right. Having just snuck in under the radar, it's Scardis. Hello, sir. Long time no see. Hello, everyone. Uh, nice to be back. Um, yeah. Hi. Good. Good to have you. Yep. And here he is, the man himself, coming after me, the Seventh Doctor. Checking. Checking. Oh, yes, I do have a pulse. I'm alive. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Here's some spoons. Sit in the corner. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Tim mean. Jury, fresh off the convention circuit, is with us. And we'll hear more of that later. But hello, Tim. I, I, I don't think the word is fresh after you're up till two in the morning. Uh and then you had a half-hour walk back to your hotel, and then you stayed up till three, and then you lost track of time because someone decided to tell the whole country to change their clocks in the middle of the night when I've been out drinking. <laughs> Never a good idea. Ah, so you're feeling like death warmed up, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but without the warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I saved the... Well, I saved him for last. Joining us, this must be an auspicious occasion. Death brings out the worst of him. It's the Squid Lord. Death brings out the best of us. The most excited of us, it's me! Oh my god. Okay, I can't sustain that level of excitement. I'm just, it's just not possible. I'm glad to be with you. It's two in the afternoon here on the East Coast, and uh, there's sunlight outside, or so I'm reliably told. Yeah. Well, it's them yeah. blackout curtains that keep it nice and cozy and dark yeah. in there, right? <laughs> you, you laugh, but um, yeah, the ex-girlfriend made me a set of blackout curtains. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love blackout curtains. Yeah. All right. Well, let's black out the rest of the people in the room with the code of silence. Lower tone. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? No, kidding. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, I can't Joining us under the cone. Logan is here. And also Cybob is joining us. They're not dead. They're just silent. <laughs> All right, we don't really have any news, but we do have, well, it's news-ish, but uh, I'll play the monkey anyway. <laughs> Kill the typing monkey. <laughs> I was so, I, I was thinking go undead typing monkey go, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have two particular items. Uh, we're going to be talking, of course, about the uh, Doctor Who news, uh, the companion announcement, and the uh, how it that affected some people. <laughs> but first. Tim has been doing some exciting stuff this weekend, some official and exciting stuff. Tim, you were at the first official Doctor Who convention. 
some some of the weekend was spent doing official stuff, and then uh, yesterday evening to turn for the unexpected, and I had an unofficial meeting, which I'll get to later. Um, well, the, the, I, I decided in the end, and I made this decision quite late in the day, only earlier this month, to attend the the controversial because it was rather expensive. Being promoted by the BBC as the first official Doctor Who con, which of course it isn't, is at least the second. Because um, they um, had the Longleat event back in 1983, which was notoriously badly organised. And uh, I don't think they're ever going to truly live down while people from that particular generation of fandom are still around to talk about how badly that was handled. And um, also they've they've kind of co-produced events in the past because uh, when the 30th anniversary of Doctor Who uh, happened, the commercial side of the BBC certainly sort of lent props to the uh, the DWAS, the Doctor Appreciation Society, so they could do a sort of fan-orientated uh, exhibition at their uh, convention. But uh, now this was the... It's... It, it's it's been portrayed as the Doctor Who kind of taking control of their own brand. And I, I guess there was a lot of that kind of going on. And um, if it could be summed up quickly, it was the the thing this had over any fan-run con is this had the people... This had access to people who normally you'd probably have to be in the industry to talk to this easily, or you'd need to like go to like well as i say like go to business conferences or on training courses because they're the sort of people who would never normally all be in the same place at the same time and um well i was almost late for it because my hotel was a half hour almost a half hour walk away from cardiff bay and uh they divided the audience of 1500 people into um two groups of about 700 ish and you were either an Ood or a Silurian, and I was an Ood, and we were let in the building first. And the first panel of the day uh, was called Making of the Girl Who Waited. And um, I, I'm terrible at remembering all the names of the people who came on stage over the weekend. It was a, It's a bit of a blur, some of them. Uh, but they interviewed Tom McRae, the uh, writer, and Gary Russell was doing the bulk of the interviews. And he's a bit of an old hand on the British con convention scene and, of course, used to edit Doctor Who magazine and used to script edit uh, Sarah Jane Adventure. So no doubt the, the guests themselves uh, were in a comfort zone being interviewed by him. And so they, they had Tom McRae and they had, I can't remember the name of the man, but he was the producer of that particular episode they had on as well. And from what I gather, they were going to have the director on, but he wasn't available. He's busy working somewhere. And uh, so what they also had on, uh, sort of out of the blue, they were they were they were uh, another theme of the the day was they did like to spring surprises on us. And so uh, they they were chatting away about the episode, and they got talking about the handbots, and then slowly a handbot walked on stage behind them. And so they were able to talk about the hand and describe stuff about uh, the design of it and um, the way it had to be built around the, what, the way the uh, actor would need to move and were there things, other ideas floating around uh, for uh, how it would be done. 
And uh, then we had the first... Um, so this went on for just under an hour, maybe about 45 minutes. And they had a usual convention format, really, um, uh, an interview on stage and then questions from the audience. And then um, Gary Russell came back on and uh, he had to direct people like some kind of uh, air hostess and said, well, you came in through the left door. You are not allowed to leave through the left door. Please leave through the right door. And so we all went out through two doors, and locals tell me that there are three doors, and they should have opened an extra one, and it would have shifted the crowd quicker. So rather slowly, 700 people left the auditorium, so these Slitheen fans could come in and have that whole session again. And we were told that, oh, yes, well, that once you leave the, the this, uh, part of the building, you can go uh, to uh, another session in a smaller area, a sort of lecture theatre upstairs, where Danny Hargreaves will be doing visual effects demonstrations all day. And so we started heading in that direction, uh, about 50 of us near the back of the audience, only to be told by some official that, sorry, that session is full, but you can see the prosthetics downstairs. So we headed down to where Neil Gorton and his team from Millennium Effects were doing their prosthetic demo, but they'd already started. And so I thought, well, I don't really want to see a talk that's part way through. So I often did a little bit of shopping, and then I came back, and I was really hungry, so I ate my lunch sort of paying, paying a little bit of attention to what was going on. And this was actually quite interesting because they had on uh, one of the actors who played the Scarecrows. And uh, so he was out of costume initially. And then they put him into costume so he could, like, show you uh, the difference of and, and the style of acting he could use. And he even did the walk and the acting without the mask on. And then they called up from near the front of the audience, one of the younger fans, and they... they um, put the mask on him and tried to teach him how to sort of walk like a um like a, like a scarecrow and so so this this definitely bring brought back memories of um uh, choreography sessions that they've certainly held at the the Doctor Who experience and so there was that and then if you stay downstairs at lunchtime uh, like I did there was also uh, taught by the restoration team uh, that was quite interesting because they had um, some uh, before and after clips from uh, bits of film footage that have been found over the years, damaged, and uh, they showed you what they were able to fix. And uh, then they took questions at the end, and it became quite interesting at this point because they were under clearly uh, a level of contractual agreement with to entertain and there's certain things they had been totally told to not talk about because um there's various upcoming releases that are of course under heavy amounts of restoration that are not in their original broadcast format and at the moment or not fully and um, Ambassadors of Death came up when they got to the Q&A. Someone stuck their hand up and they said, oh, how's, that? how's Ambassadors of Death coming along? And they went, oh, well, we're not allowed to talk about that at the moment. It's a, de a de delicate stage and all that. We can't really say anything. And um, me being from Cambridge and wanting to know about Shire and knowing that it's certainly on 
the, the list for coming out either this year or next year, did, um, I put my hand up, and I can't remember the exact question I asked, but it was something on the lines of, uh, well, I know Shard is coming out, and uh, I know you're not going to be releasing the Ian Levine unauthorized animated version, uh, at which point there was quite a startling omission from the two people from the restoration team. Neither of them had actually seen the Ian Levine version, so it's interesting... I don't actually know who he's offered it to. I guess he, he uh, sent a copy straight to entertain themselves, but with them being the publishers. But uh, it's at this point they became very tight-lipped and said, uh, we're not actually allowed to reveal any uh, details about the Shada release at this time. So I guess it's because it's not out till like next year at the very earliest, and there's all these kind of weird agreements over what they are and aren't allowed to come size. Um, yeah, it was a little frustrating to have access to these people who you wouldn't normally be able to meet at a con, ask them a question only to find out there's some confidentiality agreement stopping them from, from answering it. And, well, um, Paul Scoot, who uh, writes the, uh, uh, the uh, information text, is not allowed to reveal until it's announced that a release is coming up that he's actually working on anything to do with any of them, mm-hmm. you know, whatever one he is given, he's not allowed to tell anyone. <laughs> it, 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 it seems kind of funny because it's, like it's stuff we've seen before. But elementary yeah. question, and 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 because I've got the VHS of Sharder, and so I know we have the the, the Tom Baker bits of um, to camera narration and voiceover, and I said, oh, so is it coming out like it is on the VHS? And they said, oh, we can't even tell you that. I thought this is weird because <laughs> it's not like some blockbuster movie where they're trying to like hide who the big star is they've signed up for until the re- release date of the movie or something like. That. It's, it's just a DVD that will sell twenty, thirty thousand copies. It, it's just a bit weird, but uh, that's publicity people for you, and that's commerciality when it comes into um, entertainment, I guess. Uh, at this point, my memory starts getting a little fuzzy. As, as to the order of things, but certainly uh, around early afternoon uh, was the big star uh, panel in the main uh, auditorium called Meet the Stars. And I'd managed to meet up with a few of the podcasters by this point, so I sat next to uh, Chris from the Oodcast, and nearby us we had someone from Radio Rassilon, and James and another guy whose name I forget from the Doctor Who podcast. And uh, so we had... Um, would it be uh, Lisa? What I have dubbed on my... Yeah, that would be him. He was apparently not named after an actor after all. So, yeah, we had the team... What I dubbed the Team TARDIS group because it was Karen Gillan, Arthur Darville... Um, Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat, and I think she's called Carol Skinner, the other exec. And so they, they were like the the sort of like core, her. yeah, the core creative sort of writing acting panel. And um, and they um, they were quite they were quite a fun watch because when you put those people on stage 
continuously for like 40, 45 minutes like this, it reveals far more than just little brief bits on, on the lamented Doc 2 Confidential. And it, it reveals that um, Karen Galan is definitely the person who's the butt of the jokes on set. As they were kind of taking the mick out of her on stage. And um, Matt and Arthur are clearly uh, old muckers in the acting game. And from what I gather, had worked on stage before together before they even worked on Doctor Who and so there was a there was a real close uh chemistry um on stage between that group of people and it, it was certainly very interesting to see and it, it reminded me of how it must have been in the mid 60s with um with um Patrick Troughton and Fraser Hines and Debbie Watling this whole thing of the girl being the butt of the jokes to the two guys working on the show it's interesting to see how history repeats itself on on Doctor Who and um, so they had um, that that panel, and then I can't remember the name of the next panel, but it was more of a sort of um, and the the rather glossy brochure they gave us. Oh, that's it. It's helpful after all. The rather glossy brochure informs me it was called Doctor Who Uncut from uh, three to four that afternoon, and it was much hyped by um, uh, the. Uh, the host of the um, the host of uh, the on the MC who wasn't wasn't Gary Russell by this point. It was one of the interviewers. Um, I think it may have been Barnaby Edwards, if uh, my mind is correct. And uh, so, so he, they they really hyped it up this uncut panel, and they said they said really really going to want to hang around for this. So um, don't go anywhere. And we thought, well, we've got half decent seats, like a halfway point through the story, rather up in the gods now. So we'll stay put. And there was quite a long gap between um, panels, and this panel came on, which was it wasn't to me the most interesting panel of the day because it was more kind of behind the scenesy type people. Uh, like Neil Gorton and 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 things like that, and so it was kind of more interesting if you were into that side of things. But sort of it, it, as a contrast to seeing the actors and the writers on stage, it wasn't quite so interesting that one to me. But um, they were obviously after um, variety here, and um, then uh, they they uh, revealed why they'd hyped it so much. And uh, I'm getting a lot of blue text on my screen here, so I won't reveal anything from what these eyes have seen. But if you choose to go to the BBC Doctor Who website on Monday, I'm informed, a brand new trailer for Season 7 of Doctor Who will be released. And I really shouldn't tell you what's in it. But what I can tell you is that none of the main cast had seen it. Because suddenly... The moment the word had got round the venue that the trailer was about to be seen, Matt Smith, Karen Glan, and Arthur Darville all appeared above us in one of the boxes that had all been kept away from ticket holders and kept empty in case cast or crew wanted to like sit in the audience in the panel but wanted to be away from fans and secure and away from like autograph hunters and people with cameras and stuff. And so suddenly there was this 
I think they hadn't caught it, all of it. They'd kind of rushed into this box when they heard it from a distance. And uh, a certain Matt Smith, without the aid of a PIE or a microphone or any speakers, yelled down the words, Can we play it again? Uh, at which point uh, the, the, the interviewer up on stage uh, was caught a little offside and had to go... Um, what people do in TV studios where they stick their finger in their ear so they can hear the talk back better. He was a bit... Um, are we uh, allowed to do can that? Can we play it again? <laughs> are we allowed to do that? Can we, like, play it again? And and and, and they, 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 like, took advantage of the 700 people in the room and went, do you want us to play it again? 700 people all as a voice go, yeah. <laughs> and so the lights went down again and they played the trailer again. And it's very good. And I'm not allowed to say anything about it because it's not been publicly released yet. And um, there's certain people listening who probably don't even want to see a trailer between now and September, October, or goodness knows when New Doctor Who is on. But it's very good. <laughs> right. Well, Paris put something funny. in there, uh, Tim, uh, without saying what the content mm. was. Did they say which episode it related to? Or was it uh, uh, bits from more than one episode? Mm. Or... Paris put in episode three. I'm, wa- I'm walking a thin wire here. Right, yeah. I'm walking a thin wire without saying any without saying anything about plot. They've been filming in Spain. This was from the episode they're cutting together from what they shot in Spain. There you go. That gives nothing away about plot <laughs> or about guest stars. <laughs> God, it's a nightmare being on this show sometimes. I look forward to recording mine later in the week because I, I was interviewing podcasters and all sorts at the con. And I thought, oh, I could do a nice little intro to this. And, Tell us uh, about your photo. Tell us about your have. photo before you finish. Tell us about oh, your yes, photo. I, 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 well, there's photos and there's various bits of um, YouTube that will be going up over the next possibly couple of days because I'm not really able to down convert these because uh, I, I muck up the a- aspect ratio when I convert them so I'm having to use the raw footage out my little camera so I the terms and conditions of this convention were all over the place it's as if people couldn't quite decide what to tell people they were and weren't allowed to do and um, when I got the ticket two or three weeks back uh, back in the early part of March, there was a clause on the ticket that basically was made it sound very unfriendly against camcorders, against any kind of audio recording, and anything like that. And then uh, the week of the convention itself, I got an email with updated terms and conditions. It basically said you can audio record the convention as long as you don't audio record any clips that are played. So bits of the convention will be appearing on my show. I will have to like make sure I don't broadcast clips, but um, it's a little all over the place. I guess it's a case of the BBC haven't really done an event like this before, and somebody must have said to them, "Well, there are podcasters out there, and it is not helping." Well, it's keeping people talking about a program that won't be on air with new episodes for several months. And so, well, anyway, as I said, there are a lot of photographs up there on a couple of sites, and I've gone and dropped the the, um, link to my TwitPix. But uh, the TwitPix are at the moment exclusive to TwitPix, and 
they're all the pro the photos from my phone. But there's over a hundred photos now up on Flickr. Uh, and we and, can't uh, thank tell you. anybody what we mostly saw, come to like courtesy of the Maldron Hotel's Wi-Fi service. So I got them, a lot of them up on online while still in Wales. So we can't I was tell anybody what, what we saw, Tim. No, 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 yeah. We have to shoot you. Well, well <laughs> I'll, I'll discuss it with anyone that's willing to come on Skype with me later. <laughs> but um, not, not in the open forum of this, because I'll probably get all... What's the audio equivalent of getting shot? I'll get lynched. that, whatever it is. You'll be lynched. Hung up by your neck and yeah. go dead. Dead, 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 dead. Yeah. Disconnected. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get on with the show. Oh, oh, yes, I must tell you what happened after the con, of course. Because I had a kind of thing of my own. And, uh, well, I mean, I like socialising and meeting other Doctor Who fans from around the UK. And uh, after the con... I went uh, out on the bay, and as someone who's been to Cardiff several times, I do actually know where some of the eateries are. So I headed to Eddie's Diner, which some of you may know. Been in some some Doctor Who program or something. Managed to convince me they filmed this in the in the states, but it was so well faked. Turns out to be a business on Cardiff Bay, and cost them next to nothing compared to filming thousands of miles away. And so, um, yeah, I, I had a couple of hot dogs and chips there with um, Laura and Chris from the Oodcast. Now, Laura didn't actually attend the convention, and she sort of heard it all vicariously from Chris from the Oodcast. And uh, we also had, I think it may have been Leeson from uh, uh, Radio Rassilon or certainly one of the other... No, actually, it was the guy with the beard from the Doctor Who podcast. Sorry about this. I do not. I'm terrible at remembering names. Everybody should walk around with a name badge on with me. Sometimes I'm terrible at remembering names. But um, we we, we had our meal there, and then earlier in the weekend, I uh, arranged with a guy called Simon Watkins, who's one of the Doctor Who set reporters, um, to possibly meet up with a group of the local fans in one of the pubs on the bay. And I thought, well, I'm going to give them until I'm almost off the bay to reply to my Twitter message. I was almost off the bay, and I checked both my um, Twitter accounts, and suddenly there was a message saying, we're in Terra Nova. We're upstairs. Turn right. Sorry for the Welsh accent. I'm hideous at those, too. <laughs> and so I go upstairs, and uh, Simon was this uh, guy in, like, a red and black shirt, and and he recognised me quicker than I him because his face isn't particularly clear in his, his Twitter profile pic, and he's suddenly, oh, this is Tidrori, uh, that over there is Little Monster, who's one of the set reporters, and that there is, and, and I got introduced to all these people, and I can't remember any of their names now, but um, we started as a large group in Terra Nova. Within about 10 minutes, we decided that the music in Terra Nova, which was a very loud jukebox, turned up to 11 and playing constant 1980s music, was way too loud. So we walked up the bay to another pub, which was a much more quieter place. And what started off as a large group in one room became uh, a large group in one room and a smaller group in another room. And I was hanging out with um, Cameron from Blog to Who and some guy with a beard who I've forgotten his name already, and a very nice girl called Rebecca, who is an accent sponge. Whenever Cameron spoke, she suddenly got a Scottish accent, even though she's from London. 
And uh, Rebecca, if you're listening, thank you very much. Because <laughs> by the time the evening was over, she hugged me three times and we'd swapped phone numbers. Oh, I was going a different way in my head. Sadly, guys, she's taken. Sadly, guys, she's taken. She's already got somebody, but uh, it's another that friend. That means fact, no commitment. Who I may cross paths with later in the year. I'm just saying. Uh, that's we the have best a uh, question. Not from, yours. Yeah, question from Darth. Yeah, question from oh. Darth. So, was it worth ninety nine quid? The convention uh, that is keep not getting her number. Um. <laughs> tricky to say. Actually, I've missed Danny Hargreaves out, haven't I? Um, oh, yeah. uh, last thing I went to at the end of the day, uh, bit about around four, five in the afternoon, um, was the the sort of visual effects demo. I finally caught the last one of the day, and uh, you walk into this uh, fairly largest lecture theatre and you sit down in a room that already smells of gunpowder, which kind of gets you a little bit suspicious. And Danny Hargreaves is a deceptively young man, but clearly quite experienced and educated in his art form, starts talking and telling you how he got into visual effects and how he was really ambitious and he worked his way up from the bottom of these companies and so on and so forth and now runs his own. And then suddenly out of the blue, bang! Loads of smoke flies across the, from stage left, and the Dalek is trundled, or to more precise, pushed, <laughs> to the other side of the stage. And so he was then able to explain the technology called a woofer that does all these sort of big kind of kablooey type explosions. And he was able to demonstrate a modified paintball gun that can, like, uh, set things off. And then he was, like, blowing up the arms on a side man with, like, little bangs and stuff, and he was mobbed, quite frankly, at the end of that panel, with people wanting his autograph, wanting to know how to work in the television industry. So as as a, a, a PR exercise for the industry, having people like that available for 99 quid is um, a good thing. I mean, I'd say 99 quid is still expensive for this day out and if they're going to repeat the exercise next year they should review their pricing policy but in terms of um, variety and who you get access to and who you can ask questions to it was almost worth that because no, not even the best fan run convention would have that many people at it, but they really should organize it a little better, maybe, and possibly do some research over what people want out of it. And um, maybe if they're going to charge that amount of money, make it a two day event and spread things out a bit more, and then that way it wouldn't be such a log jam and the possibility of missing event. Uh, well, Darth has put in text in rather large letters, did you have fun? Yes, Darth, I did. It was a right laugh, uh, particularly for me, because I'm a shallow type who likes actors, being able to see the chemistry and the everything between the Team TARDIS people. And um, I, I, I feel an atmosphere of people wanting me to, to um, wrap this up. So I'll, I will tell you a tale of what happened at the end of the evening. 
uh, things were winding down in the pub, and uh, this guy with the beard, who was a, a friend of um, uh, Cameron from Blog to Who, said, um, do you want to meet Matt Smith? I went, uh, who wouldn't? <laughs> and he said, um, well, I'm staying at the same hotel as him. So uh, we hightailed it to the other end of Cardiff Bay, and we went round a quite a sharp corner and came across this luxury hotel that was quite secluded and quite tucked away, but at the same time had good transport links. And uh, I walked in, and I drank something non-alcoholic, which I promptly spilt in about 10 minutes flat. <laughs> and then they all started looking at me, and they said, uh, you do realise we're waiting for you to go and eat Matt? And I said, well, where is he? And they said, he's at the other end of the bar. And this was quite a large L-shaped room. And so me, armed with nothing but the programme for, for the um, convention and my phone, slowly approached a group of people at the other end of the room. It turned out to be Matt Smith had um, invited several members of his family uh, over to over to Cardiff for the weekend. And so I slowly approached Matt, uh, and his family seemed quite welcoming, and clearly the odd fan had been coming up to him even in the hotel. And I, and I was really, really, really apologetic, even though I was slightly drunk. <laughs> And basically what I said to him was, Matt, I wouldn't normally ask people this, but could you please uh, uh, give me your autograph and would it be possible to have a quick photo with you? And he looked at me and he said, I'm with my family. Uh, are you going to the convention tomorrow? And I looked him in the eye and I said, I was at the convention today, but I couldn't afford your autograph. Not extra 25 quid, I thought, on top of everything else. And so somehow I managed to blag both Matt Smith's autograph and uh, got my photograph taken with Matt Smith, which uh, is actually making me almost nervous talking about it all, uh, and thinking back to that moment because I, I, I was possibly, not necessarily physically shaking, but possibly shaking of voice when I talked to the guy because he, he is very nice and he is a gent, but at the same time, it's Matt Smith acting god and so you kind of like look up to the guy but um yeah uh so, so there were certainly unofficial things like that happening and to answer darth i think had i not done all the social things with fans after the event i i i think that it was still overpriced but because i was proactive and because i a fan and I made an effort it was one of the most fun days of my life but possibly more because of the mixture of socializing with fans and managing to meet of my own back than necessarily um, necessarily entirely the event itself but but the event itself was as I thought before I even got there interesting because you're hearing directly from people who work on the show from all departments, which, as I say, you, you wouldn't normally have that level of uh, of access. So, um, yeah, um, hopefully, uh, when, in fact, even though they've not announced it, I think it's fairly certain they'll do this next year, because, I mean, it's the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who next year. 
the Doctor Who, the the, the BBC, not a commercial organisation as such, but this event was organised by the commercial side of the BBC. And the BBC is broke, but it is a bit brassic these days and could do with the, the odd extra 99 quid, couldn't it? Hmm. Don't be surprised if uh, about a year from now there's suddenly an announcement or even six months from now. Oh, yes, there will be a massive convention to celebrate Doctor Who. Oh, and uh, just to add one more thing, uh, the Doctor Who experience people have been given a room and they've taken things up a level from how the Doctor Who experience was in London because they had one of the peg dolls and they had it the peg dolls. And what you didn't know is there was actually someone in one of the peg dolls. I was having a look around this room, and I was having a conversation with uh, an American fan I'd met in there, and I suddenly turned around and I thought, why is this peg doll not behind the blue tape with the And suddenly it went eh? <laughs> and moved. <laughs> I almost jumped out of my skin. And it's doing it for a couple of hours and just hearing the fans. And that, 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 that's, that's the sort of thing that you... you that's get the that photograph, yeah, photograph yeah, you, we want to see. <laughs> You'd get that at a fan convention, but you'd only get it because a cosplayer was there. But this was a professional performer in character doing this stuff. And so it, it, it was an awful lot of fun, that kind of thing. And you've got similar stuff like that after the Danny Hargreaves book because people were having their photos taken with the Cyberman and having your um, neck strangled uh, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they were there. And as I said, they've taken it up a notch because Andrew Beach, who used to be quite high up in the Doctor Appreciation Society, and actually owns a lot of the old classic series props. He owns the Davison TARDIS console, which he owns from seven feet across. And until the Doctor Who experience, he had it stored in a lock-up garage somewhere. It's just so big, you can't even have it in your house. And according to him, back in the 80s almost destroyed it before he bought it uh, breaking yeah, up now he was stood he was stood by the sonic screwdrivers in and if I asked him kindly would get them out so I have held and used Tom Baker's sonic screwdriver yesterday the spring loaded one and everything and he was even letting people borrow the Tom Baker scarf off the Tom Baker costume I'm sure would excite yeah. many of them yeah, just to wrap up that, yeah, I think on the BBC News uh, channel they were showing clips, and one of those was where he was showing the, the old screwdriver. But uh, you were just breaking up the last part, uh, Tim, but I think, I think uh, you've given us a pretty comprehensive thing. Uh, I think for Darth's sake, you, you could have gone with, it was the best day of our life right at the start. He may have more involved I, at that point. I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to repeat what I've been putting on Twitter and Facebook for the past few hours. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and plus it's, it's nice to tell the whole story and you've got the um, chance to talk about it and answer questions. So has anyone got any final questions before I um, go on with the show? Well, would you go there next nope. year? Nope. If they do next year, very quickly. I, I, I definitely would because of the, as I say, the exclusive nature of it. And... Right. By the time they have next year's event, we'll have seen the new companions, so it will be probably her first convention. Okay. 
Thanks, Tim. All right, I actually have a follow-up question. Oh. So what would you say now to Galashon, who made this big thing of, if you think that this convention is a good idea, then you shouldn't even listen to my show anymore. Do you think he's right, or do you think he's wrong? I think he's wrong, but it was still overpriced. Because he was saying, he, he, his exact words were, if you go to this convention, you're a moron. Well, sorry, Miss Galashan, I am a moron, but I'm a very happy moron. Well, 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 yeah, but yeah, but the other thought that comes to mind when Dad said that was had Tony, sorry, not Tony, um, Siobhan gone out of their way like certain other podcasters have done and got themselves a press pass and gone to this convention and actually seen it with their own eyes and not prejudged it, he'd have probably been in it. She'd have probably been in Herman there. You break it up again. Of the sort of create. I'm oh, sorry about that. This building was full of the sort of creative people uh, that and worships. About the only people no. that were missing was um, Murray Gold. I'm oh, sorry about that. I am trying to get stuck onto YouTube. <laughs> ah. Multitasking, folks. I think yeah. I just heard an R from the direction of Rick Wall. That's a typical Russell Hale trick, that, of uh, downloading while being on the podcast. <laughs> Perhaps unwise on so many levels. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for that, Tim. And uh, we'll let you go off and, and get some uh, much-needed rest and relaxation and uh, get some TV in you as well. Yeah. Uh, yes, top gears on in seven minutes. I can fall asleep to that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, right, Tim, thanks guys. again. Yep. Right, well, just to uh, wake, not wake, revive people who uh, weren't following all of that, let's play a little clip from Andy. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a sick client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Alrighty. Um... Dave, are we going to launch into our next uh, item, or are we going to just skip to the topic? <laughs> I guess that's well, that's, well, that's. well, I think we ought to to, to talk about the the uh, give people the opportunity because it, although for some people it may be very recent news, it won't be so much recent news next week. Uh, but perhaps we ought to just give uh, one reminder because we have had people join the show. The, to- the title we're doing is Dead and Loving It, but um, since we did last week's show, there has been this announcement relating to Doctor Who. So if you're absolutely uh, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's no protection in this room actually, but um, if if you do not now want to know anything or even speculation about this Doctor Who news, uh, then we'll talk for maybe 15 minutes. Let's go to on the hour mark, uh, Ian, 
and then uh, perhaps see how we go. You, you, uh, myself, Logan, who's dropped off, uh, has already said his bit. Mike may or may not want to add anything to his thoughts, but uh, basically I think we just ought to open it up to the room and just say anything over and above the general announcement should be treated with caution. And then I'm now going to let you say what we're allowed to say. Just start at the top, Charlie. I mean, if you if you have nothing to say, just say you know, skip me or whatever. But uh, yeah, just go around the room real quick, and Charlie. Oh, um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't really uh, seen of this person uh, in in question or the person of the hour to because uh, I know they were in uh, Captain America. I'm trying to remember who, where they were in Captain America, but uh, no, but I was just like Cor- Corey or something. Um, I, I I will look it up. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Connie, I remember. Connie. Yeah, whatever. Um, but other than that, no, I'll just have to look, look forward to the autumn. Alrighty. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, go there. We'll go there. Darth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say I didn't know anything about this until sign on to this show, uh, because it, believe it or not, it is actually possible to have a spoiler-free existence in Doctor Who if you just try. Um, and uh, because this was spoiled for me, I went ahead and went to the sites and looked around. And You know, th- there are a number of things. There's nothing good about this announcement. I don't see a damn thing good about it. Um, because, first of all, it tells us exactly when this character, this new companion, is showing up. Um, and that was it, bad. I, I mean, we know now, and I think everybody in the room knows now, that that is Christmas Day. Um, and that has a number of profound implications for it, I think. First of all, that sort of shows us, unless they're doing something really weird and doing you know five episodes at one time of the year and then you know coming back much, much later to do this one episode, it probably gives us the exact start date of the series, um, or, or at least close to it, which makes this news very weird, because now we're talking about news that doesn't even apply for nine months. Um, and I don't buy the argument that, oh, they needed to do it in order to control the news cycle, because people might take some pictures of a certain person with the doctor. There's no reason to assume you know, from any pictures that might come up, that this person is uh, is going to be the companion. I mean, there's enough cover that's being provided by the fact that um, we have episodes we know with Karen Gillan and, and Rory still in the pipeline that you, you could say that she is the guest star for a number of, um, inquiries that might come your way. You know, if you're if you're Stephen Moffat, you can fake it for a while. So I don't particularly buy that you needed to announce this thing right now for uh, protection. Um, I, I think the announcement itself. You know, all we have to go on is the visuals, and um, you know, I have I I have seen her. I do remember what she is in in uh, Captain America relatively minor, not not super major character. Um, but the thing is, if you just look at the visuals, and television being a visual medium, 
such that we can talk about television characters in a way that we wouldn't talk about quote unquote real people. Um, I think that she sends in herself a bad visual message. Um, I am not particularly happy to have somebody who looks like she is the love child of Elizabeth Sladen and Nicola Bryant, which may to some people sound like an exciting idea, but to me sounds like been there, done that. I think that this is another missed opportunity by Moffat to give us somebody who visually looks interesting and striking and dynamic. And instead, what we have here is essentially a cheerleader, somebody who looks like a cheerleader. Now, I'm not commenting on her, her acting abilities, her mental capacity, anything like that. I'm just saying she looks like a bog standard companion from the 1970s, 1980s. She doesn't look like somebody from the modern 21st century world. Um, and I'm not that excited by the choice just on a purely visual level. That doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy her when she shows up. That's a completely different issue. This is just another reminder that, frankly, it's been a long time since Noel Clark was on the show. It's been a long damn time since Freema Adjaman was on the show. And this is just another example of that. Uh, now, that, again, does not mean once we get the character, once we actually see the acting that's going on, that doesn't mean that this isn't going to be a great companion. Could well be. But again, all we have at this point are visuals. All we can comment upon are those visuals. And to me, she just looks like a very, very, very safe choice. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not happy about knowing when, as you say, it precludes the possibility that you know we were still holding out in our minds of an overlap between the companions, which is always kind yeah. of fun, actually. You know, and it's been a while since we've had an overlap. I mean, Donna was sort of an overlap, kind of, sort of, maybe, um, just because Rose was so recent, and you know, Rose was actually in, however briefly, Runaway Bride. Um, Certainly Donna knows who Rose is, so there's a contextualization there that can happen later on. Same thing with Martha. Martha clearly knows who Rose is. That's There is the ghost of Rose, at least, to fit in with today's theme. Um, was a part of those earlier castings. I was hoping that there would be something like that. There still could be the ghost of Amy or ghost of Rory, I guess. Uh, but we know now for certain that there's not going to be an overlap, which sucks. Um, I, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope that this isn't it, that we're we're not looking at the entirety of the new TARDIS team and that maybe what's being – maybe the, the reason that Moffat is doing this, I think, quite extraordinary bit of hypocrisy. You know, here's the guy who is, has told us for years – Oh, I hate spoilers. Hate them. Hmm. And yet, with one of the biggest pieces of an announcement that he could possibly make during his tenure, he completely spoils things. So what I'm hoping is this is a sacrificial act of spoiling, that throwing this thing out allows him to hide a bigger truth. Um, maybe there is another companion in the lurking who will not be revealed and who might well still be a part of the 
Amy Rory part of the season, and that this is actually a secondary companion. I'm, I'm still hoping there's some trickery. If it turns out to be this is just there's one companion, that's it. It's this girl, and she comes on the, the 25th of December, and that's it. I really will be quite annoyed with uh, Moffat because this is, as it stands right now, this is pretty much BS to me. Yeah, um, I said at the beginning that we'd talk, but I think, Mike, if you're interested, would you like to comment? Obviously, he's not going to give any more spoilers because he has no more spoilers, but wasn't that some of the things that you were also thinking that you were hoping about what this announcement was? Yeah, there was a similar idea that I had that what if this wasn't uh, this Jenna Louise Coleman actor, what if she wasn't playing the actual next companion? What if Moffat was doing this this weird thing where he, he brings in this this character for an episode or two or three as sort of a temporary buffer companion, to someone who travels with the Doctor for a bit between the, the, the Amy and Rory leaving and... Uh, this character travels for a bit, and then we see the real companion. That this is just a diversion. This is just, hey, look, look what's going on in the in the right hand, and the left hand actually has the the real companion. And uh, so Moffat's keeping the new companion actually secret. And uh, Coleman will be in two or three episodes, and then we'll meet the actual next companion. That's you know, it's it's the whole thing where you know Moffat has revealed this so early, and I'm thinking. This is such a huge bit of information. It's the next major character in the show. Why would he reveal that so early? Sure, people do make the argument that oh, people will stalk the filming because there are obsessive Doctor Who fans like that, and people will leak it on the internet. Maybe Moffat did it to to, to waylay those people. Uh, maybe not. Maybe he has something else going on. Knowing Moffat, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, to speak to that, it is awfully suspicious looking at, at the imagery here. It is awfully suspicious that Moffat is in frame with her. I don't think that there's ever been another announcement of a of a uh, doctor or a companion where the showrunner has been in frame. It's almost like he's trying to say, "Look, it really is official." And I'm hoping, that the, like you, that the reason that he's doing that is because it's not actually all that official. It was actually. It, it was actually. It was actually announced, wasn't it? it they, they were using the word the new co-star on Doctor Who is. That was what a lot of the announcements said. The new co-star. Didn't necessarily use the word companion. Which, of course, got a certain person in the room talking... I think we're reading Ronnie, too much into that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. She's, she's the Ronnie. Of course she is. Well, everyone and is the Ronnie. Right, I think there is only one now. Ronnie at this stage. She's been played by Angelina Mohindra for the last three years. That's your Ronnie. Now move on. <laughs> now, there you see. Now, if that was the lady, young lady coming in to play the companion, I think Darth would be a very happy bunny indeed. <laughs> Not if I knew this far in advance, I wouldn't. No, no. Uh, yeah, I must admit. I, I mean, the only reason I can think is that the, the, they do do the filming so far advanced. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, whatever part she's going to play, maybe she's going to be in front of the cameras within a month, and therefore they felt the pressure, especially with the this official uh, thing on, that, uh, that that it was just going to become too self-evident. 
maybe we could go to the seventh doctor but just give him a reminder of uh, anything that he may say because of let, something let, he's put in text. Let me go through my list so I can keep track okay. of who I've gone to. Oh, um, please I don't do. Think, Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think Perry Perry had stepped away before, but I'm not sure if it was because you didn't want to say anything or because you just had something else to do. I'm back on Is my... he back? Oh, yeah. no, I wasn't sure whether you left because you didn't want to hear anything or, or, or speak on this or whether you had something no, else had to step going away on. And, and do so, for a minute. Okay. Excellent. So, oh, yeah, sorry, your thoughts on yeah. the announcement? Well, I, I am in pretty much 100% agreement with Darth that visually this seems like a very safe thing, and I was a bit disappointed that it was going to be the same old sort of look. Um, hopefully something will be different because we, we were, I mean, a lot of people, I wouldn't say, shouldn't say we, but a lot of people I know were sort of disappointed in how Matt Smith looked when he was when his announcement came out. And um, but we're but are quite happy with him now, and, or, and we're quite happy with him once he started, um, because he looked like this goth. You know, he's going to be some kind of goth doctor or something like that. Yeah, the, the first publicity photo where he's leaning against the TARDIS or something in a black outfit, as uh, Mike just put in text. Um, so anyway, so I feel disappointed. I feel that yeah, it's very very early for this, and I think Moffat may be just trying to. Um, get this out there before somebody, you know, leaked it with a photo or something. I think he, he has been telling us that he hates spoilers, so so maybe he's putting this out there so that um, it won't get spoiled. So he can, he has control over the, the leak, so to speak. Uh, but, yeah, I'll be disappointed if it doesn't... I'll be disappointed, like Darth, if it comes out the way it was announced. That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Excellent. Right, uh, Rick Wall. I'm assuming you've heard the news. I think he he, he's not going to have to talk with Tim on Skype, is he? He might have. I'll check in with him. Away, Skirtis. Um, yeah, reaction moments not major. I mean, rule number one: Moffat lies. I mean, that's been established a few times so you know, just yeah like I, I understand like the, the the demographic of the new companion is uh disappointing for a few people and i can understand that but we still don't really know much we haven't seen her in character for all we know she might wear putty on her nose to make her from another planet or something you know so so we, we until we know a little more about what what's going to happen, what her where, where her character is coming from, then we can start building up our anticipations and all that. Uh, I was noting there that um, uh, that there was a girl um, from Being Human a couple of uh, weeks ago, um, and, and I, the, the way she was playing her character in Being Human, Ellie Kendrick is, is the actual name. Uh, she played Alison. We talk being human another time surely but I just thought well here's a uh, someone with potential so I was nearly expecting her to be announced and I was a bit surprised it wasn't her but yeah well we'll give this girl a chance um, see what happens at, at Christmas and you know I mean we're all I mean okay not everybody but a lot of people were disappointed that Donna was coming back and she turned out to be great uh, you know so just 
give her just give her a chance and 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 you know come Christmas let's see what turns up and uh, that's all I really have to say about it. All right, thank you for that, sir. The seventh doctor, it's your turn. <laughs> well, I have to agree with Scardis. Uh, it's just too early to say anything, really. Uh, we don't know her character. We don't know where she's from. We don't know what her uh, clothing is going to look like. Maybe she'll have prosthetics on and be an alien and have a different look. We just don't know yet. So we just got to wait and, and see what happens. Um, there, there is one bit of news uh, that was revealed at the convention, and spoiler, spoiler. Yep, um, hang on one uh, second before you get going. Before you get going, um, yeah, we'll let people know in the text chat when it's uh, okay to come back on. But uh, I understand that uh, the seventh doctor wants to reveal this, so if you take your headsets off now, and we'll let you know in the text chat when it's safe to come back on home. Um, probably about a minute should probably do it. And okay, thank you. Away you go, sir. Thank you, Ian. Uh, it was revealed at the convention uh, from Carolyn Skinner, executive producer on the show, that uh, there, there's going to be um, one of the episodes filmed in New York City. And supposedly it's going to be Amy and Rory's last story. I found that interesting because, you know, um, we did New York before without New York. Why do we need New York now? <laughs> Yeah, we did period New York without New York. <laughs> but yeah, well, I have a speculation yeah, on that, but I don't want to go into location the... filming going on. Yeah, no, I have a speculation no. why yeah, they're going to do it in New York, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, well, that's one day also, okay. Have to pick his brain later, that. you may do so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Probably. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Can, can they, is it safe for them to come back it in? It is now safe to come back in the room, yes. folks. And uh, Dave will put the message in there. Oh, and Mike will too. All right. Lastly, in the speaking queue, let's see if he. It's not. It's not a. Um, is, is, is it a tentacle-worthy babe, <laughs> Squiddler? <laughs> that is an interesting question that you would put to me. I I I'll yes. think about that for a moment. I I look <laughs> at this as an outsider. I. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. I know. It's, 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 I'm a heretic. I'm coming from the outside. I'm a crazy man. I'm just not into the new Who. I think it's kind of weak and pansy. There you go. I'm just like full of controversy. But I'll tell you this. I think it's interesting in light of how much discussion that we had earlier in the show about the, about the convention and the people that showed up and couldn't talk about the stuff that was going on. And then simultaneously, you want to say... Hey, let's not spoil this. Let's not talk about this. This should never be revealed until it comes out. These two things don't go together. This young lady would love to talk about her role on the show. I guarantee it. She would love to show up at cons, show up at, at her interviews and things, and talk about being on Doctor Who. But as long as it's a secret, she can't do that. So that applies to everybody that works on the show. If you want more stuff to be said about the show that isn't just retreads of stuff that people have already said about what well, in the previous seasons, previous years, you got to say, hey, you know, some of this stuff is going to come out. And as the studio, they have to be willing to kind of roll with it so that people can talk about it. 
and that's it's that's the tension. That's the contrast. I, I think that's interesting to listen to people try to have it both ways simultaneously when it's it's just not possible. <laughs> that was the sound of like, 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 like just the shock settling in after that. No, I'm sorry. I was distracted by my naked wife. No, no, no. It's okay. I'd like to be too. Could you help me? <laughs> you brought it up. It's your fault. Maybe on the webcam. Ten minutes. Oh. Okay. All right. You know where to It's all good. See, this is why we should not be on a show together. We should no, never no. be allowed to be simultaneously no. awake. No, no, no. No. In fact, actually, I pre-recorded this this earlier. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm really interested by this casting. I, I will say I knew nothing about this until I just showed up here, right? So I go do the Google as I often do. Pull it up. Oh look, it's an attractive young lady with big eyes. All right, no one ever got fired for casting attractive young ladies with big eyes for a science fiction show. I mean, we all dig that. Let's 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 get down to it. We all like that. That's fine. You like that? Ian likes that? Ian likes that in his bunk with his naked wife. That's how much he likes it. I don't have a bunk. Uh, that's true. That's true. I, I was going to send you to your bunk, but uh, no. No. I, I think well, well, this is safe casting, but it's you know it's not unusual. It's not even comma-worthy. Well, the young lady will be in a bunk. Yeah, they've got bunk beds. Yeah. Well, the cons <laughs> have bunk beds. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, Still I in the know, I'm kind of intrigued. I mean, I, I'll be following this at one afar. I'll be listening to you guys as you follow it. And if it gets interesting, maybe you know, when when they start the master show, the show that's all about the master, let me know. I, I'll tune into that every week. And I, I should just <laughs> explain that remark that uh, I put in text, of course, that this young lady is one of the actresses that is in the new four-part drama series that's starting uh, on TV tonight. And that is Titanic. She's uh, going to be in that. Wait, wait, wait. i got to spoil that. The boat sinks. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I just wanted to get in there. Sorry. Couldn't control myself. I don't know. There's not Boone watching it now. <laughs> These kind of plot revelations. I know. I suppose, I suppose, the, I suppose the same with that, with that James Cameron movie too, huh? Yeah, God, yeah. Now you, you ruined that funny. for me. It's like a remake or something. I don't know. Oh, it's crazy. Damn it! God, well, can't they come up with any original ideas? <laughs> no, it's it's Titanic. <sighs> I mean, why not? Why not do Titanic with a boat like makes it makes it to where it was supposed to be going in the first place? That would they be a did. surprise. That would they be a plot did. twist. They did. There was an animated Titanic that involves talking animals and a dog that raps. Where at the end the boat does not sink. Oh my god! I was shocked. I was, it was such a twist. Oh wait, I've spoiled it now. Crap. <laughs> Anything else you want to spoil while you're here? The, you know, at the Next end of the Bible, to... there's the end of there's the end of the world. Uh, and about <laughs> the middle, Jesus dies. I just want to spoil that for you too. While I'm just pilot did it. You just spilled the beans. Oh. <laughs> Man, I don't even want to get into that. That's just so many spoilers. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Uh, thank you for um, putting the uh, serious note on the end of this commentary. About, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the companion announcement. Um, I'm still. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited, but I'm probably excited just because Amy's going. You know, <laughs> anything other than her again, I'm, I'm quite happy. 
But we lose see Rory. We I know. Lose I know. Rory. Well, I'm hoping that's that's the, the thing is 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 the uh, the the ponds leave uh, and and um, you know maybe maybe Amy gets killed and Rory has to go away and think about it. But then he comes back to the TARDIS and falls in love with um, the new girl. So that's what I'm hoping for. There you go. Rory wow. comes back and falls in love with the new girl. Moffat can never be allowed to hear the show. Who, he will be threatened. Who is, and who is actually been shaved, shaved bald, and painted blue? I'm all <laughs> over that. Uh, okay. Somehow Farscape got a crossover here. All right. I'm yeah. gonna, it's all I got a thing for blue girls. I, I mean, the, the, my, my, my character in, in Star Wars uh, The Old Republic was blue. So You know, I could really <sighs> make a How many times have you seen Avatar? Oh no, no! I actually like watching good movies. I'm with him. <laughs> I'm isolating audience members as I go on <laughs> in the show. Congratulations! <laughs> Anybody else I can defend before we continue? <laughs> yes, this, uh, this episode's called "Dead and Loving It," not "Killing Our Show and Loving It." <laughs> uh, well, with that. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night, Gracie. Yeah. Well, while I go slip off and, and get a coffee to wake myself up, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to turn the topic over to Dave. Thank you, everybody, for your comments, and uh, and thank Tim again for his uh, report on the convention. Uh, but yes, to the topic at hand, and the only reason why Squidward's actually here. <laughs> uh, what can I do? I, I, mean, I love you guys. I show up because I love you. Yeah, but would you... Quit camping out outside my window. It's That's not creepy. for you. It's for her. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> Before it gets unseemly, Dave, quick rescue. Yeah, I was just thinking he's probably got enough pentacles for both anyway. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> David. Oh, we were being all seemly about us, and blows the tone of the whole show. He does. <laughs> Next, we'll have a math quiz. Oh God. <laughs> well, I think today's topic with, with is, is questions. Is uh, is quite suitable because I'm uh, I'm wondering if I've still got the will to live myself at this particular moment. <laughs> okay, for those of you who have uh, who've uh, enjoyed the thrills so far and uh, don't need coffee to keep awake, uh, we're going to talk about um, this, this. This episode really is a follow-on because when we did oh six months back, I think now it's episode 108 when we did about immortality. Uh, we strayed somewhat from the straight and narrow is our want, and we included in the, in the definition of immortality people that um, had died but yet continued to be uh, part of a series or our TV show, our film, or whatever. So we somewhat stretched the definition of uh, immortality, meaning to live forever. Um, and uh, so we decided that this is the episode today. Or, 143, Dead and Loving It. So we're talking about TV and sci-fi. If we do need it, I have got a, a page link to put in from Den of Geek. I'm a little bit reluctant now to put it in because it does have spoilers <laughs> for certain no! series. Yes! <laughs> yes. As, 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 Dave says, as Dave says, we are trying to keep spoiler-free on... on Death-related plot revelations, uh, where something wasn't necessarily essential, to, uh, major to the plot, until like partway through the series, you know, you find out, oh, he wasn't really, you know, alive. He was a ghost, or, oh, uh, you know, he's not really a ghost. He was actually alive and painted white. Um, 
yeah, things like that, <laughs> where it becomes a, a spoiler territory. Um, so, yeah. Well, the major character is probably beginning is dead. That's fine. Um, find out later on he was, then that's a bit of a spoiler. So. What you're yeah, saying is the I, whole I, topic is... Anything written by M. Night Shyamalan, according to, to Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was 20 years ago, I think they that it's their own damn fault. <laughs> but anything relatively recent, but, yeah. Anyway. What that we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so like that. basically, uh, we can't really talk about anything. <laughs> no. no the, the, so uh, good night, everybody. Yeah, there are one or two <laughs> shows where the actual fact uh, of uh, the fact that a character, our characters may be dead, uh, is pivotal to the whole understanding of the show. And so, uh, therefore, we have to tread uh, very lightly indeed. And and I've not really got any structure for this show other than that, because we, we did feel, once we got onto the revelation of the Doctor Who news and, and so on, well, we're an hour and 15 minutes in already. But, I mean, there are shows where it's part of the premise of the show, so perhaps those are safer ones to start with. Uh, I suppose you could argue things like Dead Like Me and uh, one of the ones where, uh, you know, there are people that we specifically know that character is a dead character right from the start. Uh, very difficult indeed to, uh, to come... Um, in fact, I'm almost... I'm almost at a loss for words. Well, you see, the, 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 I've got the Denon Geek uh, one, and then I've also got another one from uh, IO9, which is science fiction and fantasy stories that, that can help you deal with death. Uh, so that's, again, a, a rather slightly slant on the topic. So let me ask, let me turn the question around. What do you consider to be <laughs> a science fiction uh, TV series that has the premise of at least one major character known to be dead uh, that is uh, part and parcel of it. I mean, one of the ones I, I would think of is um, not the actual main character, but I loved something called True Calling, uh, which in, in this particular case, the main character was alive. Uh, she worked uh, as, uh, in a, a mortuary. And, and what happened with those, and this is the thing that happened every week, the, the dead bodies would arrive at the mortuary and then while she was alone doing the night shift there, because that was paid to do while she was still studying, suddenly the corpse would uh, animate and call to her and say, help me. And then she'd be hurled back 24 hours in time and it was her task to try and prevent those people from being killed. So uh, I'm Pick it as safe a one as I possibly can. So, is there anybody in the room? Let's uh, let's pick a vi- uh, 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 never. Let's go to somebody like the Seventh Doctor. <laughs> Not a victim at all. Any TV series that you've watched where that has been an aspect that's made uh, your enjoyment of the show or been integral to it without necessarily being a revelation, uh, because that of course would be a spoiler. Jeff. Well, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think, and th- there's only one series that I can think of that had a a semi major character that was dead throughout the whole show, or most most of the show, and that was um, kind of an uh, a minor international hit called Due South. It was a Canadian American show about a Canadian Mountie in Chicago. And his dad 
who was also a Mountie, had died in the first story, but came back as a ghost through throughout the show's run. I don't know if you've right. ever heard of that, but uh, I've heard it. I've not watched it, but yeah, certainly. But it, it was a very light-hearted show, um, action, humor, and uh, for the most part, his dad came back for humorous, but but sometimes relevant to the plots of the different stories, um, and. I, I really enjoyed that show, and, and I think that added a lot to the enjoyment of the show itself, was, was his father. Okay, uh, what, um, somebody's already mentioned in text, uh, uh, well, a couple of ones. Uh, Red Dwarf, where you can argue that Arnold Rimmer, although he has the H on his head for hologram, uh, part and parcel of the character is that, you know, he's... Is 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 dead in a sense, even and though he's still a git. Well, I mean, I wanted to bring this one up too. Was was Red Dwarf? Uh, in the beginning, it was really good because it was there was elements of the plot that went around. You know, the fact that hey, he could he could do things. He had to have scutters do things for him. Um, there were limitations, but now the, his hard light drive spoiler. Um, it's become less of a. You don't even see. You just see him as being one of the one of the, the crewmates now. It it doesn't even become part of the storyline. I'm hoping with the new series that they're coming out with, maybe we'll get a little more around that because you don't even think of him now as being dead. He's just got the H on his forehead, and really, if you didn't know that he was a hologram with a lot of the later episodes, you wouldn't really understand it. I mean, every now and like, then it came up, you know. With this hard light B or whatever, but um, the earlier ones I think were better. Where you know, uh, you know, there's that whole thing about he was really down about being dead, and and the conversation that ensued. You know, holog- you know being being dead is not the handicap it used to be. You know, there's that that, that news reader on um, uh, Channel 26 or whatever, <laughs> uh, and there was too. They 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 had news broadcasts with the the, the holographic news reader. Um, but it is an interesting way of doing it too, because uh, while they're there and on their screen, and you know you've got their personality coming through, when you think about it, really it is just a computer simulation of the person. It's not really the person. Um, but in this, I'd like to kind of see that done in, in in a real sci-fi element, where it wasn't so much comedy related. You know, that'd be kind of a neat thing to explore. Yep, indeed. Uh, do you want to come back on that, some doctor, or has uh, anything else clicked into your head? Uh, I can't think of anything at the moment, but maybe as other people discuss this topic, I right. can well think of other things. So maybe come back to me later. Yeah, I, I'm afraid we're not that structured on this one, especially with, as I say, the, the longer preface to the topic. So I'll go to uh, Darth and then Mike, if I may. Sorry, what's the topic again? Exactly. Um, it's it's dead and loving. It shows where is it, the, is it just tele- is it just television? Is that what we're talking about? No, absolutely not. No, it could be uh, it could be um, anything uh, animated. Well, I mean, 
here I'll just throw out one for you that you'll probably enjoy, Dave. I mean, obviously there's right on the hop Kirk deceased. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. In, in both of its incarnations, so that's a little comedy for you. Uh, but I suppose if I were to pick from the the only thing that really resonates to me about dead, I mean, there's that little period of time where what's his name is dead in Torchwood, um, but that uh, never really made Owen, uh, Owen. yeah, but that never really made any sense. Um, the the only thing of this sort of ilk that resonates with me is the entire character of Dead Man, who is a DC Comics hero who had a life that was tragically cut short, and because he died before he should have, uh, the gods, who were relatively Hindu-esque gods, decided that he wasn't actually dead, he had to solve the mystery of his death. And so they turned him into Dead Man, who had the ability to jump into anybody's body and take it over, which was a really cool superpower because then, you know, he he had to think about how to be a detective because uh, it's a useful power, but it's not one that is directly useful. You use it to masquerade as somebody in order to get information out of people that they wouldn't necessarily be willing to give. It's not like... Uh, I mean, it, it is in part the inspiration for Quantum Leap, but a little bit different than Quantum Leap because there... You know, what's his name? Whoever the incredibly inadequate Scott Bakula is trying to play... Um, what is... is yeah, he's a terrible actor. Stop fooling yourselves. Um, he is... You know, he doesn't know who he is, and he has to figure out who he is. And eventually, he figure out what he's doing there. Not at all like that with Dead Man. Dead Man knows exactly whose body he's jumping into, knows why he's doing that, and is using that that person to get additional information. Very cool, subtle concept that only a few DC writers were able to tap into effectively, which is why he doesn't have a huge body of work. But there's enough of it there that uh, it establishes the concept in a really exciting way. Uh, other than that, I don't know that many dead characters walking around, really. Well, I think there's a few in this room tonight, but never mind. Uh, we've got Jiffy G coming into the room. Jiffy G, we've not long been on the topic. Ian will unmute in a moment. He's just getting himself a coffee, I think. Uh, we've been talking about the Doctor Who news, and we're on now dead and loving it. Uh, I was going to go to Mike next, but notice his audio has dropped off at the moment. So, uh, can I go to uh, Charlie and I go to Perry oh. G? I'm still thinking right now. Um, can, can I can, can I get back to you? Yeah, come back to All you. Right. Yeah, let's go to Perry G then, if I may. Perry then. Who has also stepped away from the microphone? Congratulations. Squidlord, can I go to you then? <laughs> you can. As a matter of fact, uh, I am always ready. I am always on it. Um, it's interesting that, that you have this topic going because it's not a really huge one that you can talk about as story premises. And, as, as Darth mentioned, Branston Brand, as Dead Man in comics, it's a fine one. There's a few other guys. But in TV, it's a much more challenging process. I was reminded of... A show from 2002, I'm dropping the IMDB link right in the chat room, called Haunted, which 
actually, the, the protagonist wasn't dead, but it, just like in True Calling, he could actually see the dead, and uh, that became an integral part of his personal plot. And I thought that was interesting. It was one of the best shows on in 2002. Of course, it got canceled really, <laughs> really early. So, uh, kind of inevitable. But that, if, we, if we extend beyond protagonists, if we want to talk about antagonists, you've already mentioned a really good one, The Walking Dead. They're dead. I, I think they're dead. I'm pretty sure they're dead. <laughs> Mostly dead. Mostly dead. Still moving. Very dead. Mostly the walking walking gives well. away in the title. Yeah. I I think this is a really difficult topic to talk about without actually getting to spoilers or things that give it away because all the really good stories that make you want to say, yeah, that guy was dead. It's really a hook. It's 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 one of the pivotal moments of the plot, and we don't want to give those away. People get really upset about that. Indeed, yeah. Well, we'll, yeah. Co- we'll come back to you. Let's see if Scarlis wants to come in. Lovely to have you back, Scarlis. We've missed you for uh, quite some time. So, uh, do you want to uh, mention a few things? Yeah, um, there are a bit in chat there. There's a couple um, of obvious dead things. I mean, uh, being human, I mentioned a couple of times already. Uh, the very first shot of the very first episode of being human was Annie lying there dead on the floor and so she's the ghost and and i suppose you can say as well that the the vampires that are that dot uh being human um are also you know technically dead people as well so essentially being human is um a load of dead people and werewolves um <laughs> so you know the, 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 there's the there's that element of, of a thing and how that gets on. Um, Torchwood was another one that came up there um, against dead people. Um, the key thing they used in that, of course, was would be the um, the resurrection glove. Uh, and there was two main characters that were were um, attached to that. Uh, first of uh, being, of course, Susie Costello, who um, got killed off in the first episode, uh, was then um, brought back. They kept killing. Keep killing Susie, uh, in that, and then she's gone. Uh, she actually made a return there just uh, prior to Miracle Day, uh, in a book that was uh, penned by Sarah Pinborough, um, called Long Time Dead, where basically set after children of birth. So somehow she, some, I won't spoil it too much, but it's not to do with the resurrection gauntlet. But Susie is up and walking again, and. Um, Basically, the book revolves around that. Uh, I, I when I say I read it, I kind of it was the audio version which um, Indriya Varma herself, um, Susie, read to it, and it was actually quite a fascinating read. And so, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, it, it definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, the other main character, of course, who was affected by the whole um, gauntlet was. Um, Owen Harper, who of course um, got shot uh, in um, mid midway through um, series two, but was then kind of um, the 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 other glove kind of brought him back, and then he just wouldn't you know stop being conscious. Now he he was dead. He he'd no heartbeat. He'd no uh, blood roll or anything like that. But he was just you know 
still a conscious person. Um, so yeah, Davy did two main sort of dead pe dead um, series that I'd be aware of. I mean, it was already brought up. Uh, Randall Hopkirk deceased from a while back, and um, I've mentioned to people we will not we will not bring up the sixth sense, and that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are lots of things around this where we could go off topic in terms of like the 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 way that death is treated because we also have an awful lot of uh, programs where um, you know the main character dies and then they haven't died, you know. But this while we while we can still uh, go around the room, uh, Charlie's just moved away from the mic a moment, so. Um, one, one, one actually that, uh, that, that that hasn't been brought up that's it's really blatantly obvious and and uh, comes from literature is in the Discworld novels. Death, one of the Ooh. most I, I I think one of the greatest characters in that in in the Discworld is is Death because he pops up at just these wonderful moments and you know. Uh, I mean, you could scan through a book and find him because it's all in uppercase. Hopefully, <laughs> that wasn't a spoiler. Um, no. But you know, it's like, no oh my God, he's dead. No, he's not. <laughs> and big <Bigfoot. laughs> um, Or the guy who's like, he's trying to evade death, so he locks himself in this, you know, airtight room and everything, and and mm -hmm. and the lights go out, and you, all he hears is hello. <laughs> Um, I love Death. Death is great, uh, and he rides a pale horse whose name is Binky. Um, there's there's a perfect example in, in Death in, in in science fiction and fantasy uh, done well. Um, you know, the master of Death himself being, I guess, unintentionally very very humorous and and, and brilliant at it. Uh, you know, there's you know what's not to love and. and um, in the same regard, uh, Dead Like Me, I uh, find a very, very enjoyable show um, in the way that it treats death, and the way they, you know, they're there for for people uh, passing on to the, you know, the next emanation. Um, it, it really kind of suits my, my my view of death and and uh, and my humor sensibilities. The way they they deal with it, um, really good show that unfortunately you know it just got left behind and then they tried to, to, to kind of reanimate it as it were. <laughs> oh. <laughs> boom, boom. I'll be here all week. Um, so seriously, I don't go anywhere else. Uh, don't phone us. <laughs> but no, they, they they did try and bring it back, but uh, you know apparently it didn't have the right spirit. <laughs> Oh man, I'm, I'm just full of them. My bad. liver, you. you got me in the liver. <laughs> well, I think you're talk like that. You, you ought to come out and tell us that your favourite film is Ghost. <sighs> <laughs> Actually, oh, it's not really that bad of a movie. I like that. I do like that movie. Uh, mind you, I do have to like Whoopi Goldberg a lot. Um, and Demi Moore when she was young and hot was probably not a bad thing either. Um, okay, let's be honest. The, the whole know. movie, we were waiting for Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg to have hot lesbian action while he was riding inside of Whoopi. It's like a weird three-way. We forgot that we were waiting for it. Never happened. Right. <laughs> Squidward. Yeah. It's, it's 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 still afternoon. <laughs> oh come on, that wasn't even a little. But yes, racy. I agree. I mean, if if it wasn't yes. Whoopi Goldberg, it might be racy. But ew. 
<laughs> I do agree, though. Yes, I do agree. Yeah. Oh, I, speaking of Whoopi Goldberg, Tasha Yar. Oh, no. Dead oh, but not no. dead. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually, yes. that's a good good yes, example. Came back. Came back in yesterday's Enterprise. Ah, really? Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Oh my God. Yes. They can't. Sorry. Be spoiler eaten warning. By a giant tar pit. Yeah. If, you, if yeah. that's a spoiler for you, I'm sorry. You got to get yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go somewhere different. Actually, I was. I was reminded of the fact that we reviewed a trailer last night for a soap opera that used to be very, very popular and featured a vampire. Dark Shadows. I, I don't know if anybody here was a big Dark Shadows fan. I mean, they existed, I'm sure. I mean, I, I, when, I, when I first come over to this country, they had it on Sci-Fi Channel, and I'm just like, what is this crap? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I looked at it. You can be forgiven. Yeah, it's pe- okay. people look at Doctor Who and go, "Oh God, it's you know so low production values. Oh, it's ridiculous looking." But no, I, what? No, click. Yeah, yeah. You know what? As bad as you thought the original Dark Shadows was, and yeah. and the writing was was actually the high point. It certainly wasn't the sets or the uh, or the costumes or the acting. As bad as you thought that was, go look at the trailer for the new movie. That they're going to be releasing. Well, that's the thing. Oh, it's like having having had no interest in that, and and plus it's, I mean, not that they're going anything about John, about Johnny Depp. It's the person who keeps casting him and stuff. You know, if he ever gets hold of Doctor Who, you know who he's casting. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> oh God! Just no, no. Let's not let that happen. Anyway, Dark Shadows, Barnabas Commons, that uh, Collins vampire, that total win. Uh, that I'm totally fits. I'm, I'm sorry, I've upset Cybob now. Yeah, I was just saying Cybob's <laughs> made a comment. It just—it's one of those things. If you, I guess, if you didn't start off with it, it's hard to kind of come in. But I looked at it and I'm just like, all I saw was basically what it, I guess what it was was a soap opera involving that, and it's just mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hard work. Let's, oh, let's not lie. If you I'm had I'm to up. write an entire episode of a soap opera every day and make sure it hit air every day. Mm. You would you would you would say yeah this is a lot of work and they, they did a great job. I, it was sixty eight. What do you want? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's the same thing as I, I mean I I've showed people you know episodes of, of Doctor Who from you know around that time oh period and you're like <laughs> the, 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 the fact people Americans have said to me, oh you like it because it's cheesy. I'm like pardon? They know you. <laughs> I'm like what? It's not cheesy. So I can understand where Cybob's coming from. It's like it's one of those things. You, if you watched it when it was on and you grew up with it, or were you know into it when it was you know new and fresh, it's one thing. But to come into it and go, oh, what the heck is that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so it actually had some great depth. It had some great writing for the time, and actually, surprisingly, some solid, consistent production. So Dark Shadows was one of the pioneers of episodic horror slash science fiction on TV. That you got to give it that. It's a that's a shame what they're doing to it. And protagonist dead. <laughs> there you go. Um, is Perry G back in the room? By the way, Perry, you back on audio or not? Uh, we've not got still not got Mike. By the way, yeah, Cybob had put um, thanks a lot. Original Dark Shadows fan here. Trailer sucks. Oh, so I assume he does understand that some people might well have been put off. <laughs> and he says we do take it very personally. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I offended. Well, like somebody you, saying you that not Scott Beckham's acting sucks. <laughs> you are not as offensive as the new trailer. I guarantee that. There you go. 
I'll, I tried, but obviously. You gave it a go, but you failed, sir. Yeah, I failed. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if we if we want to talk about if we're so scared of talking about different series, I mean, there's a couple I'm almost scared to mention because I'm not even sure whether that is the denouement or actually something that is well known about the series. Um, so I'll, I'll skip that and say, um, uh, uh, what about Rory in uh, in Doctor yeah. Who? Yeah, I was going to bring up Rory if we were really kind of clutching at straws, but yeah, there's, there's yeah, I, I, I still have to go back to the, the the comment. Yeah, I was dead, and then I was a Roman. It's kind of disconcerting. <laughs> I just love that line. It's it's so you know brushed aside. The, it's 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 along the lines of. Uh, how they kept getting Worf into into the Star Trek movies, even though he was on like Deep Space Nine. It, it came to the basically the fact that they're just like, "What are you doing here?" And then they just cut to something else and completely ignored how Worf got there, and it was fantastic. Well, let me see yep. if I can play that clip because we haven't had any clips for a long while. I think I've got it right. One. Hello again. Hello. Have you been good? Good. I mean, Roman. Rory, I'm not trying to be rude, but you died. Yeah. I know. I was there. You died and then you were erased from time. You didn't just die. You were never born at all. You never existed. Erased? What What does that mean? How could you be here? I don't know. It's kind of fuzzy. Well, I died and turned into a Roman. It's very distracting. <laughs> uh. Did she miss me? <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those few times where I'm actually yes, Stephen Moffat got something right. It's I'm not the only thing in subtext, but um, I felt a little subtext. <laughs> <laughs> Down by. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm not quite sure who... Oh, uh, Perry, Perry it looks like Perry is back. So, so he might well be able to uh, come on audio again. Uh, Perry, are you up to uh, make a contribution at this point? The vacuuming is going on. The <laughs> vacuuming going on. Sounds a lot like my house, I tell you. It's been nothing but interruptions and... Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd have to be dead to get the vacuum cleaner out, so it's pretty near the top thing. Appropriate. Yes. Let's say I'm trying to think now, because uh, all the good ones have been taken. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the things that both Ian and myself are very scared about, uh, you know, it's the old, old story, isn't it? If I spoil somebody else's uh, programme, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but if they spoil my program, <laughs> uh, so uh, we're very. It's very difficult. Um, the, the the one that I'm trying to completely avoid is people listening to the recording later say, "Well, why didn't they mention that series such and such and such?" Because the point is, it's so pivotal to the story that um, that to say anything would give it away. I, I will mention However, the name of the series, just the name, Battlestar no, Galactica. Because, 
Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'll do it. I, I got nothing. What are they going to do? Kill me? Yeah, they'll have to come to my show. That's one more list. Well, with it, well, it's okay. So, we know Darth's seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one I'm thinking of, just mentioning what the name of, would people think, oh, I didn't even know that was an aspect of that show. Um, right. Can I dare mention another show? And I, 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 this is not me spoiling because I just don't know. Was there some aspect of some characters in Lost that might have been dead? <laughs> Lost. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's, a, that's a sore point. Or is that just a speculation of what the whole thing was about? No, well, as much as anyone can understand what Lost was about, um, yeah, that that could be an issue for some of the characters, or one character, or more than it. Don't ask. It's Lost. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was always told it's something I had to watch and. The more and more people told me about it, the more I realized they were completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I'll be honest. If you watch a series and get a, a lot of enjoyment out of it, I am all for it. I want you to enjoy it. But if you tell me I need to watch it and then follow that up by saying that the writers are just making it up as they go along, psh, I'm not interested because I can do that at home without you know being on their schedule. Okay. Uh, another yeah. program I was going to mention, but I'm not sure, again, it fits in our remit, was uh, was it Pushing Daisies? Or is that considered a comedy oh, rather no. than... No, that's good. That's It's, it's a yeah, dramedy. Yeah, Pushing Daisies is, yeah. Yeah, that was actually, uh, that, it was a great show. I still haven't seen the end of it because something came up and we missed it oh. and then it got cancelled and we never went back. And But uh lovely quirky good. show. Yes. Uh, yeah, the essential plot right. basically is that, you know, here's a man who has basically the ability to bring people back from the dead. But if he touches them again, that's it. They're dead for good. Ah, right. Yeah. I think that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, he can touch them yeah. and bring them back to life, but if he ever touches them again, then they're dead and gone. Also, when so. they, he touches them in the first place, somebody else has to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so well, he was responsible for the death of the, of the girl's mother, but yeah, it, he brought her it's back. It's the first Canada couple of Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, you know it's, what? It's, that was a great show. I missed was, that show. It was, it was it was one of those nice quirky things that you very rarely find on TV, but then of course it also adds to its um, kind of isolationism too, where people don't necessarily watch it because they don't get it, they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hang on. Why is it so brightly colored and and you know um, all these odd kind of characters and you know? <laughs> the answer to that is because it was awesome. That's yeah, why it was. It was. Yeah. It was a Fox show, right? So they canceled it pretty quick. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like yeah, yeah. gone. Yeah. That thing is yeah. out of. I knew. I knew when I saw the first episode, it was going to go bye bye. Gonna yeah. be, I'll be leaving now. I'm just going to pack my bags. Yeah. It's like, oh. Sad. It explains a lot of the reasons why you know we we don't we tend not to get into TV shows too much. It's like you know, <sighs> try not to. You're like, well, how long is this going to last? Yeah. Um, right. Well, uh, the the other thing is that I'm trying to think of is the uh, obviously uh, you can argue if we talked about vampires being dead, but uh, in for instance, Angel, there was also mm. the the regular ghost that um, Cordelia Chase had in the. Uh, in the apartment, I think, rounding out series, uh, I'm not sure it's series two or three, when she moves into this apartment, and she has um, a, a ghost, which is sort of a semi-recurring character in there. Um, but um, th- that was basically a fairly side issue, uh, really, with it. Uh, 
and Darth, of course, if you want to come back in on any of these or if you've come up with ones, I'm um, wondering whether Perry G is ready with the audio. Oh, there's Darth coming back in, I think. Well, um, here's one from uh, my youthful obsession with Match Game, which, of course, would have starred Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> and before Thanks. Match Game, he was in a TV series called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, which is based on a, a, a British book and a British tele, a British film. Actually, it's film, British film, yeah. Yeah. But th- this was like at the top of the 1970s, oh, this show would have been on. And uh, I wouldn't, of course, watch it live because I wasn't alive, but I would have, uh, I, I did do some research trying to figure out why was Charles Nelson Riley so important? Why did he get a permanent seat on Match Game? It bugged the hell out of me. But, um, yeah, this was, I mean, it's comedy, obviously, but it's about this woman named Mrs. Muir who goes to this, at least in the um, the television version, she goes to a New England village, a fishing village. She gets into this house. The house is haunted by this old sea captain who advises her on how to live her life. And hilarity ensues of a 1970s variety. Uh, so there's that. But then there's, you know, one, there's a whole class that we've kind of missed, I suppose. And that's, it's it's like, uh, I don't know if you know this, there's a early 2000s British show called Jeopardy, um, which I think is really a CBBC show more than just BBC, but whatever. And, and it's very much modeled after the Blair Witch Project. And the thing about Blair Witch is actually all the protagonists are dead at the time that you're watching it. You don't find out until the end that everybody's dead, but they're, everything you're watching is dead people. And you eventually come to know that everything on screen is the past, so everybody's dead. Oh, man, you just spoiled it. God. I know, I know. I spoiled one of the worst movies ever. I know that's terrible, um, but yeah. But the the uh, the uh, Jeopardy thing is a little bit more interesting, I guess. And th- I'm not sure that there's a way to spoil this because it, it's never been released to DVD or VHS, and it's been off the air for seven or eight years at least. Um, but but its whole deal was you eventually find out that. People, the kids that you have been watching have been filmed by, I think this is right, because it's been a long time since I've seen it, have been filmed by older versions of themselves that are walking around who are from another dimension because they eventually, the original kids eventually die. It's a very trippy ending. It was one of these kind of user interaction things where uh, the people of CBBC or BBC, again, I'm not quite clear where it was aired, they uh, went to their audience and said, in a very early use of Internet interactivity, said, how do you want this thing to end? Do you want it to be spooky? Do you want it to be surprising? Or do you want it to be you know, scary or whatever? And so they tabulated the votes, and they, they wrote the ending according to how the votes went. And apparently what won was sort of spooky. So... That that's another one, and I'm not sure this really counts because it's sort of tricking the audience. It's about the perspective of the filmmaker, um, but still, technically, 
you know, the, the people that you see in this three-year-long series or whatever end up not really being alive, kind of. At least in at least in a Tasha Yar sense, it's absolutely the Tasha Yar thing of here's somebody who was dead and now they've come back from another dimension and now they're filming this thing. So I don't know. That's that's another subgenre, I guess, of this phenomenon. But it, but it's really hard to talk about it. This whole thing of where can you find dead characters in fiction? Because um, you know. A lot of it, there aren't too many examples of true, this person is dead, we know that they're dead, they've always been dead, Um, and they're having some sort of interaction with us, because of course that's impossible, so there's no real world model for it. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, 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 it's not only us that are having this problem, uh, as looking at one of these Den of Gate links that I've got, is, um, and it's titled, um, The Growing Problem with Death in Science Fiction Movies and TV Shows. I'll put the link in, but if you go to it, you may find a spoiler for one of your favourite shows. Uh, but there's the long link, too long to read out. But the point is, um, uh, well, one that I think probably most people will know about is like um, like uh, one of the series of uh, Buffy ended up with Buffy dying and um, I think that was about series 5 or series 6 was it and um, whether whether they were going to end the series at that point and then decided that they could make two more series and lo and behold they had to think of a plot way of uh, bringing them back I suppose so um, there have been episodes where We've been talking mainly about where the character's dead or is revealed to be dead at the end. But there are also an awful lot of science fiction ones where they cheat the audience in terms of you're fairly certain that somebody's died. And um, the, the, the one thing I could say, which I, I'm not, I daren't say because it's a spoiler related to Doctor Who, was something that um, Stephen Moffat has just said recently about uh, what he's going to do uh, in, in the upcoming series, um, but the point is, so often, you know, you see, or you appear to see in front of your eyes, a uh, an event that no way could have died. Now, having said this, and I think probably Darth is the better guy to know about this. Uh, in the thirties and forties, they probably did this even worse than they do now because they'd actually show somebody dying. And then when they, you know, we're talking about in a serial, you go back and watch the next episode. I'm, I'm talking about serials when they were in the cinema. Not suggesting Darth at all, but I know he's a fan of these. Uh, but then the, the, when the next episode starts, they recut the start and the, and the actual death part never happened. So you might see the actual arrow go into him at the end of one episode but when they start the next episode, he knocks the arrow away just as it's about to hit him. They basically cheat. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, it has been done well in the past. Perry G is making quite a few comments. Is your audio uh, background gone? Yeah, I'm okay now, Dave. Okay, brilliant. Come on in, please. Yeah, I've been I've been brainstorming with my wife here and just for some some uh, movies and TV shows. And, and vacuuming, too. Well, no, that was my daughter vacuuming. But, uh, Sorry. I think I left the mic on. A trained on daughter? A trained daughter? Well, I take my hat off wow. to you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was more like a, bri- a bribed daughter. 
Yeah, but, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and more whatever driving. gets them vacuuming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holding computers hostage, things like that. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's how it works. But um, but yeah, one of the ones we came up with is Beetlejuice. I don't know if you've mentioned that one. I was on and off. Oh yeah, that's uh, a fantastic one. A little while, and of course, it the, reads like stereo the instructions. are dead. Pretty much the whole movie. And stereo instructions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fabulous movie. I, I'm 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 well fond of that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was still, uh, somebody's favorite movie in the in this. Yeah, I think oh, it's mine, isn't it? Isn't it, Dave? Isn't Beetlejuice my favorite movie? I think it's Back to the Future, but there you go. Yeah. But that that one, there's that one, and um, I also thought of what the crow. And that mm. was, uh, I believe, the main character is dead. Played by ba- Brandon Byron. Lee in the film. Brandon Lee, the original. I believe they're doing a remake of that. But I'm not sure. Well, there there's. Let's see, six in the series after that one. And then, yes, they're contemplating a remake. I'm not sure if they're going to go back to the well of J.O. Barr's original comic, which is fantastic. If you have not read the original Crow comic, you have missed a, a, a wonderful manifestation of rage, frustration, and, and loss made, made flesh in paper. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic piece of work. And then there was a movie that um, didn't do so well that I remember with Robin Williams and um, called What Dreams May Come. Yeah. And he's dead in that movie. And um, who was the other? Cuba Gooding, Gooding Jr., I think, is in that as well. Yes, he is. And, uh, that was Visually, that was a very interesting movie, um, I remember. And I remember I remember liking it, but I don't remember it doing very well. And... Um, yeah, and I've got some other movies I can think of, but the the death um, part is really just a a surprise ending sort of thing. So I don't want to. I guess I don't want to mention <laughs> it, even, though, even though they're old. One of my favorite movies is like that. Um, I'm not quite sure. Oh yeah, my wife wants me to mention the uh, the ghost and Mrs. Muir. Muir. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that I've just been doing that. But it's confirmation oh, that it was, uh, yeah. But no, we like confirmation. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good one. I like, I like that as well. Yeah. Um, so and did somebody? Ah, uh, never mind. Um, but that's what? what I think about all I can think of. No, I, I kind of missed the conversation about loss. So. Uh, yeah. Well, it was me. I, I missed loss. I, I was, I wasn't making a spoiler. I just seem to remember there was some people trying to say, you know. Th- they didn't understand the ending, and, and was the ending that some of them oh. were dead? And I don't know whether it's spoilerish to talk about it or not. No, I, but, I haven't. I've never seen one episode of it, so I don't know. I've actually thought of. Go on. Go ahead. I've actually thought of two in the meantime. Good. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, Star Trek Voyager. Ensign Lindsay Ballard, oh, who right. who died, um, who was. His body was jettisoned into space and was actually brought back to life uh, by an alien race um, who was played lovely, lovingly by Kim Rhodes, who actually looked actually kind of hotter as an alien. Um, <laughs> but uh, for any of uh, those uh, parents in the room, we'll know her from um, um, The Sweet Life uh, from the Disney Channel as the really hot mom. <laughs> Perry knows what I'm talking about. I do, I do. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> she is hot. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, the other one uh, I thought of uh, is uh, Dr. Daniel Jackson from uh, Stargate, who actually oh. spent quite a lot of time dead um, and did had some influence while he, well, ascended. But same thing. Um, we're going with dead, ascending, blah, blah, you know. Um, but then, of course, did come back. Uh, but is it actually the same thing? I, I'm not sure. Well, it all depends on your, your view of what happens to you when you die. Um, if that is what happens when you die and you ascend, and there is a possibility that you can come back uh, in another body, then, yeah, you did die. I mean, he did actually die, but he managed to, you know, to, to go on to another another form of life, yeah, let's, as it were. Yeah, let's not try to think about it too much. It'll yeah, hurt. I know. It'll hurt a yeah. lot. But, I mean, as far as the everybody was, you know, uh, understood it, he did die. Uh, it was only when he decided to then come back to the series and, uh, you know, get rid of Parker Lewis. Poor Parker Lewis. Parker Lewis lost. <laughs> that was a good theory. Yes, yes. But, yeah, uh, so that's that's another, another great death, uh, I guess, you could say in, 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 in that show. Well, does that bring us to, uh, I de- I'm almost scared to say it, does it bring us to Star Wars and Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yes, yeah, I mean, Force Ghosts. Yeah, Force Ghosts. Yes. Yeah, but uh, which, uh, which is not dead though. Within the mythos of the show, that's not dead. That's becoming at one with the living force, so it's not really right. dead. Uh, well, it's it, 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 dead. It, it, they're, legal they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> In the legal sense, yes. <laughs> they can no longer. Not party. They can, they can no, <laughs> they don't have to pay taxes anymore. So legally. <laughs> The Republic can't go after them for taxes. You know they try. Though. You can just imagine that. Oh, yeah. Sending Jedi out. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, dude. You, you, you're gonna have to pay taxes on that um, fake that's lightsaber just, you own now. That's just found reminding, the under the door. It's just reminding me of, uh, of one, but it's going to really upset Darth that I'm putting this in the same breath as Star Wars. Um, meet Mr. B- uh, meet Joe Black. Is it? Where, oh, yeah, um, no, that's a good one. The de- that's the a devil, good option. The devil. The devil the needs de- a body. And death, death, body. And and Brad Pitt seems Brad Pitt seems to be a fairly average sort of body. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> if you're going to choose the body to come back, and you may as well have, go all out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Young Brad Pitt. He looks like everybody else on the street. I'll, I'll, I'll just take that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's an average body? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one that jo- Angel- Angelina Jolie likes. Yes, we'll have that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that one. Yeah, but if you're if you're going into like truly mainstream movies, then then you open up the a bigger floodgate, I guess, because then you get into you know, City of Angels. Oh, uh, love that. Love that. You get into yeah, a little bit therapy um, for me, but yeah. What the hell? Um, the uh, ghost Dad. Uh, well, Ghost Dad. Uh, oh my God. Field of Dreams. That's, that's a fine oh, example. What? Ghost Dad. Oh my God. It's a terrible movie. But here's, here's the way to watch Ghost Dad. Here's what you do get yourself some beer and some friends and make a drinking oh, game. Sorry. Yeah, I, I wasn't going there. Yeah, get, if you want to make it even no. more exciting, get yourself some pot. And no, bearable get is yourself, what I was going for. Uh, yes, that's, that's that's what I was saying. I was going to go psilocybin, but sure, yeah, yeah, whatever it takes. That that movie is so bad, it actually wraps around and becomes kind of cool again. I know, it's painful, <laughs> but it's true. 
Chippy G. Hard liquor, not beer. Chippy <laughs> G's put Maybe. The Spirit is Willing. I don't know that one. I don't know that one either. 87? Or how about... How about uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, perennial classic, The Canterville Ghost? Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, you've also got like things like Field of Dreams. Huh? You, all, yeah. all those, uh, you know, Sulis Jackson, he's clearly a, a ghost or whatever. And then, I mean, you got the, the big thing that nobody's really mentioned, that is anything having to do with A Christmas Carol, right? Because all those are... <laughs> Mm. You know, it was Christmas past yep. and all that stuff. Yep. Um, oh, and then uh, admit- you know the, the the obvious comedy one, modern comedy is, you know, Weekend at Bernie's. That's a entire oh. franchise around <laughs> Yeah, right. He's <laughs> very dead. Bernie's I, I, not taxed. I have to admit to be to really actually enjoying both movies. Oh, oh. <laughs> that I don't know. If I, I really that. enjoyed. Both movies. <laughs> you don't have to admit that, but you did. <laughs> I did. I did. You did. You so that, did. <laughs> I did. I can think of a worse one. What was that really bad one where, was it Michael Keaton's character comes back as a snowman or something like that? Oh, Jack Frost. Yeah. Jack Frost, yeah. God. That's a terrible film. That, that, is, that, uh, that doesn't even wrap around. I it just admit, stays it terrible. I admit, I like that film. <gasps> what do you like about that film? Tell me, just, just reveal to me, share with me what you it, love it, about that film. It was he, a cute film. He has a thing I for snowmen. <laughs> the character well, knows. Uh, you, Sorry, you, coming from about, a guy like <laughs> if, you, if you're talking about death, you almost have to think about, uh, dare I say it, Groundhog Day. Rent a ghost? No, Groundhog Day, because oh, the only way he can day. end his day, he keeps killing himself. He he tries to kill himself in hundreds of ways. I mean, he goes through that Groundhog Day hundreds no, but of times. At, at, at no point in it is he actually dead, apart from when he kills himself, because as soon as he well, dies, he comes The clock resets, doesn't it, when he when he kills himself. It just suddenly six o'clock the next morning. Well, if, if, if you want to go there, then you could stop him. Yeah. You could say, you, you have got to be kidding me. Sorry, I just went it, on uh, Internet Movie Database and put in Rent-A-Ghost just so I could get the facts straight on when it was. And they put it as a, as a as something in production for 2013. What? Oh, dear. I don't think we're ready for oh, Rent-A-Ghost no. to come back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Dave, if so, you want to include uh, Groundhog Day, then you got to include something like Cause and Effect from Star Trek The Next Generation. The whole crew died, and then it got reset. Right. Well, actually, that's something that um, while we're doing this, and I'm actually doing my research after the event rather than before <laughs> it this week, and um, I've actually got a topic that I want to mention to Ian uh, sometime, but you're wandering into it now, so I'm going to pull you back, but I'll just mention what it is. It's another yeah. den of geek one, and it's called Six Staples of sci-fi and fantasy television. And I'll just briefly mention it, but please don't discuss it, because it's a whole new show, this. Um, <laughs> one, the body swap. Two, the time loop. Three, ascension. And I know Squid Lord likes ascension. Um, alternate dimensions. Uh, the doppelganger. And the dream episode. So I think that sounds a pretty good topic for a future uh them so please don't discuss that uh, i noticed charlie's made a 
few more contributions lately. Uh, Charlie, do you want to come in? Because we may be coming to the end now as we've gone past the two-hour mark, Ian. Well, it's, 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 we've finally done this to death. Boom, boom. Well, the trouble is that uh, often with it, when we do these We're burying topics, the topic? No, 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 no. We get about an hour and a half into it, and suddenly the, the room comes alive. I'm just hoping that people listening to the downloads have stayed this long. <laughs> I, oh, you know what? I, I've got to tell you one last one. This, this may be the worst of the lot. If you remember Sherman Helmsley, do you remember? Yeah, it's like, uh, you remember Sherman Helmsley. He did a movie called Ghost Fever. <laughs> go watch it on Netflix after this show after you're done listening to Ian and Dave go out watch Ghost Fever on Netflix I swear you will show up at my show on Saturday night and try to kill me you'll love it but you'll try to kill me why well, wait fantastic. till Saturday you're here well right. because that's that's when you can do it in public in front of my people <laughs> Of course, something to bring up in there, uh, Ghostbusters. I mean, you know, plenty of good characters in there. Um, you know, whenever mm-hmm. anybody asks you if you're a god, say yes. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like? I mean, uh, I guess one of the one of the successful ones that that came out of uh, Ghostbusters that went into the animated series was Slimer. Slimer became this like was in uh, very okay, short portions only, of the movie. It became sort of character in, in Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, there were lots of ghosts in there. There were lots of oh, ghosts in there. They're about, yeah, they they're like about to... Act- characters on the show. No, no, but they're... I mean, the the librarian at the beginning is fantastic. Oh, yeah, well, if you, if you bring that in, we've got to talk about Casper then, surely. Oh. Oh, do we have yeah, You know what? Oh, no, 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 no. I actually like the, the, the Casper movie that they did with um, um, Bill Pullman and uh, Christina Ricci. I actually like that movie. It's the ones that came after that were a bit stupid. Yeah. More accurately, you like Christina Ricci. I understand. High five, buddy. I, I get it. But, uh, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. It's okay to like her now. It's then that wasn't acceptable. Oh, it was okay then. Oh, it's, it was so okay. No, I mean, no, that's terrible. It's socially yeah. unacceptable. Exactly. Yeah. No. It's like looking at pictures of your wife when she's like 13 and go, yeah, she was still cute. There. Oh, hang on. No, she's 13. I can't think that one. No. Anyway, I'm revealing you know, five months of the show. Up. Good night, everyone. I just show up and it turns into pedophilia I know. and violence. You what just is with that? Yeah, you know, what, what is with you? Get I don't know. It's not even me. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of cartoons, because <laughs> of I'm course. sure I was at some point, um, Optimus Prime. Hey, Optimus Prime. Well, can I, oh, he's been dead a few times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. They brought him back. Mainly because they made a complete and utter mistake killing him in the movie and realized, well, yeah. oops, um, people actually have, this guy's got a fan following. Crap. Let's bring oh, him back in the TV yeah. show. At one point, he yeah, was kind of zombie-like. Like but it's not True. like the Part of his character is being dead. I mean, he just sort of miraculously, you know, is rejuvenated or something. At, at one point, they actually he was kind of reanimated in a zombie kind of fashion. But it, it gets on. But then they cool. do actually bring him back for good, you know. Right. But it well, is kind of creepy still. We're going to get onto ground like five is alive. 
Number five. Number five. No, yeah. no, he was actually bought to life. He was just a machine and then bought to life. So that's 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 birth. Sorry. Can't go okay. There. Can't that's, go there. that's true. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about Ali Sheedy in the bath, in which case we can go there. Uh, let's not talk about it. I'll be in my bunk. See, that's how that that's how that reference works. <laughs> like that. There you go. I'll be in my <sighs> bunk. Thank right, you. if you want to bring us back on topic, I should wrap no. up now. <laughs> <laughs> what was the topic again? I don't know. Dave, is there any dead things that you would like to finish up with? Notice how I phrase that. Is there anything you would like to finish up with? Now, that's one perversion I haven't tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only one, Dave. Only one. Oh, you haven't tried, have, Dave. Like, like, uh, David, I'm sure that you have. It's just like having sex with a British chick. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Is he allowed over here again? <laughs> and this is why you guys don't ask me to show up on your show. Really no, I, I must admit to have never gone, hey, you know it would be a good idea? <laughs> Let's have Squid Lord on the All right, I think we've done this topic to death. Yep. yep. Uh, like a dead horse. Yes, I think it's about time we buried it. I think I've actually done these jokes already, so that means they're dead jokes as well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but Jeff 7 did uh, did put in there uh, the TV series uh, Supernatural, which I did catch a couple of episodes of in uh, when I was almost um, dying of uh, something in the hospital. Uh the Spirit is Willing from 1967, and a few episodes of Sapphire and Steel. Actually, yeah, there is a, the one I can remember is the train station. There's haunting stuff going on there. The one, that, yeah, there, as you say, the one on the station platform. So yes, plenty of plenty of dead dead material out there, <laughs> including the show. Uh, oh. Anyway, I'd like what, what 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 I just want to mention about next week. Uh, next week, of course, it's the first of April. Our episode, and we're going to be doing superstitions. Yes, yes, the first of April. And they're relevant. So, yeah, and, and they're relevant tr- to sci-fi and fantasy, yeah. of course. That actually is truly the 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 topic title. It's not a not a not a joke. All right. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for showing up, including Squidlord. And uh, <laughs> and minus Squidlord, we'll see you all next week. No, uh, he's always welcome back here because he's made things quite entertaining today because normally we're quite boring. Aren't we, guys? Yeah, it's just so dull around here. Anyway, I'm rambling. So until next week, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. I'll be in my bunk. Goodbye, everybody. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.